The Wiggly Podcast. The Archers, but real. So, Mrs. Dow, we're out in your orchard. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's exciting, isn't it? Tell me about the trees, because I'm no good at them, of course. <laughs> There's a red one. Yeah, we've got a red... <laughs> in fact, we've got two red filberts. And oh, where got, did you get those from? Um, from Wiggly Wigglers. <laughs> Funny that, isn't it? And there's a Wiggly Walnut oh, over there. He looks a bit small. Yeah, it was a little bit small. It was a two-year lead, but it's still done. Come on. Yeah. And over there is one that we got. This one in the middle is one, one <laughs> Come on. that we got from one of our competitors to see <laughs> how they packaged it. I remember <laughs> it well. <laughs> and it looked a little bit, little bit worn by the time it came in here, but... Now, what I, sort is it? That is an old green gauge. Very nice, gauge. very yep. nice. Yep. And that is an example of a wiggly hat stand. Rich got hold of them and pruned them into the most peculiar shape. <laughs> and for ages it just looked like a hat stand. But as you can see, it is coming it's on coming quite on, nicely isn't it? now. See, the thing is, you must be planning to live here for a while because all these trees are going to take some years to mature, aren't they? Yeah, I love it. And that's yeah. nice, isn't it? Yeah. Because I think that's just lovely. Cause this is like, I know it sounds really cheesy, but this is sort of my forever cottage. I love it here. It's a fantastic spot. It is gorgeous, mm. isn't it? And you've got a farm over there. What do they do then? There used to be an organic dairy farm and, um, well, you know, the state of the, of the dairy industry. So he packed up doing that, but they are organic. They run sheep, um, some cattle on there. And his dear lady um, friend does um, poultry breeding. Oh, okay. So she was very good when we first moved here. She gave me lots of tips. Ideal, really. Handy. Yep. And uh, the geese? The ducks. (laughs) Perhaps we hadn't better put that bit in. Oh, we will. Oh, we definitely will. And the ducks? (laughs) The ducks. Quack, quack, quack. (laughs) I knew they were ducks. I just said geese for some reason. I don't know why. To let you tell me what an idiot I am. And you're right. (laughs) I was thinking geese because you gave the geese, of course, to Spikel. Absolutely. And the ducks, Mrs. (laughs) Dow. We've got... A silver apple yard boy. Yeah. Um, he lost his mate, unfortunately. We think the fox got her. So he's got two Aylesbury lady friends. And the other one, it's a bit of a cross between an Aylesbury and a silver apple yard. And egg laying or? Yeah, I eat the eggs. Bruce is not so keen. Yeah, duck like eggs them. can make you feel funny in my experience. It's only because they look a bit weird, but I like them. They're a bit big, aren't they? And gloopy yeah. sort of looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can manage I like them, them in omelette. Hmm. But that's about it. Yeah, and see, I like them. Yeah. Which is handy, really. And you've got a fruit garden. <laughs> yeah. Over the way. Lovely. Yep. And Lots loads of beehives. Yeah, nothing in the beehives, I'm afraid, yet. <laughs> uh, is there going to be? <laughs> yeah, we bought them oh, about four years ago, and we keep meaning to sign up for a course. Yeah. And it comes round to May, and we haven't signed up, and then the course is full. So I think we'd better sign up for next year's. Very good. And who's this handsome-looking dog? Oh, he's my baby Percy. He's, he's lovely. He's and he's absolutely gorgeous. A Putterdale. A Putterdale, yeah. Is that a terrier? Yes. Yeah. And no are these nonsense. your new chickens? They are, yes. My little Warrens. And I got those from the Smallholders show last weekend. Oh, yeah. They've settled in nicely. They're really good. Yeah, they're very friendly. And the cockerel looks after them? He does, yeah. <laughs> and the dogs and the cats. They all seem to get on. Fantastic.
welcome to The Kellogg Show. This is podcast number 225 and for those of you with a delicate nature who can't face the fact that we eat food that we produce, switch off. Come back on number 226 when Ricardo will be... Boring you to death, I think. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Roman in the gloaming. <laughs> Yeah, I expect you'd be doing that as well. Or lying on some grassy knoll, gazing into the distance. With inverts. Probably. Anyway, I'm Heather from Wiggly Wigglers. And I'm Farmer Phil, and I expect expect Ricardo's going to come and beat me up. I expect he will, Phil. Mm. Listen, the story of Kellogg's. Well, we had a lovely cockerel called Kellogg's. Very nice to have him here. And he turned nasty. Now, is that any good reason to kill him? Because, in my opinion, that's a bit like having a dog. You know, a dog is for life, not just for Christmas. I thought you were going to say it's a bit like having a granny who turns nasty. (laughs) Well, same thing. You know, it's just not on to just use that as an excuse. I don't like the term kill him, although that is what... What has happened? I, th- I think it's a lifestyle option for a chicken. Right. If he chooses to behave badly, then he'll go down a different route. You're looking very puzzled. Well, to my mind, I'd always wanted to have meat birds. Cockerels always make meat birds. So, to my mind, this fast-forwards the meat element of it. You know, he is a light Sussex. He's designed for meat... And he's designed, obviously, his hens are designed for meat and eggs. So, to my mind, the fact that he's nasty would normally mean that he would be in a pen for longer. But in this case, because he's a meat bird, then it's perfectly logical, in my mind, to um, eat him. And also, we did try to tempt him to not be nasty. Oh, we've Um, cuddled him and cuddled him. Educated him in other ways. Not just trying to beat him off when he's attacking you. Yeah, but the thing is, we mustn't waste him. So if we're going to kill him, we must eat him. And this is a story of us, first time ever, going out and dealing with everything that goes with eating your own hens and also chickens. Also, slightly against my principles, because I wouldn't normally do this with an animal or chicken that I'd named. No. And I, I don't like that, although... You'll hear how we found it, but I don't like naming something and then eating it. So, dear listener, come with us on our journey through the life and the death and the meal of Kellogg's. So, Mrs Dowell, it's wonderful here. You've got all sorts of... I love those hens, and that cockerel's so well-behaved. Who's he? Um, well, he doesn't have a name, but he's very, very nice. He's a Moran's, lovely rare breed, and he's very placid, unlike your dear Kellogg. Yeah, and yeah, you so support the Kellogg's decision, don't you? I you do. talk to me yeah. about it. Well, it was the first thing I think I said, wasn't it? You should be in a pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was, actually. OK, so we're going to the shed. And we're going to see Bruce... And what, what's there then, Bruce? What is this? That's, a, that's an aluminium dispatcher. Okay. Basically, it puts the wall. Oh, he knows what's that's coming. Kellogg's, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, it, it, and it's put there. Basically, it's like, it's like a scissor seesaw. Yeah. Effects that will actually come down, crush its neck. Yeah. Also throttle it at the same time. So hopefully, 
with anything that's going through its brain. I'm not saying it's the most perfect system in the world, yeah. but hopefully you will make the, the bird unconscious very quickly. And then it's a case of bleeding it once uh, you're quite happy that it's been dispatched. And you've done this several times. Oh, yeah. About 50 times now. Really? Yep. It's not a nice thing, but it does make you respect the meat that you're actually eating at the time. I bet you think I'll have less of that because it's yeah. more valuable. Yeah, it's having less of it, but when you really appreciate what you have at the time, sort of thing. Yeah. So that's the really good thing about it. I, I suppose it's one of those sort of things you'd actually put to yourself was actually the animals had a life it's it's worth having life it, it's it's been out in the countryside doing whatever it does quite happily yeah but we have meat or animals for meat that's the simple yeah. factor we were carnivores and um, that's what we've got to do in the end of the day we value and actually probably appreciate when it's on the plate that actually that's a, a life of form of some description and this has uh, helped us feed ourselves now you are the manager of a quite famous supermarket aren't Alleg- you? allegedly but yeah. we, we can't mention that no okay it's <laughs> um, part of your lifestyle to get away from your work and, Most definitely. and enjoy the countryside and and get back to you know enjoying meat and seeing where it's come from or it, it's probably more in, in contact um with, with the animals yeah i think all our foods everything you know from top to bottom yeah the food chain is over processed we don't necessarily value things you know animals are killed chucked chucked into a plastic tray and uh, then delivered to us which is fine there's nothing wrong as a, as a general sort of thing but i think you can even make choices when you go to supermarkets that they're free range um, organic or, or you know if you're going to have processed if you make that decision that's fine but you've got to realize that if it's processed it could be living in a house yeah it gets plenty of food and water but is it uh, is it sort of having a sort of an, a nice natural life yeah i think probably the thing that opened my eyes the first time the first time I actually dispatched was a cockerel and um, he'd actually just tread tread a hen so he'd just probably finished off probably one of his more enjoyable exercises in life yes and um, I must say that Kellogg's has just had a bit fantastic you know <laughs> yeah. it's the way you want to go really I, I think certainly on the male side yes yes um, but I, th- I thought the nice thing was he'd, he'd woke up in the morning He'd done, yeah, he'd had his feed, he'd done whatever chickens do. He got picked up quite nicely, got a bit of a stroke. Yeah. And then five, ten seconds later, he was gone and he knew nothing about it. Uh, so there was no stress or anything, you know, going to a slaughterhouse, being hung upside down, electrocuted, so on, so on, so on. Yeah. This was really just nice to say, there, gone, done, bang. Thank you very much. Day later on the plates and being enjoyed. Brilliant. Now, Obviously, we're about to, to um, see Kellogg's live his last. How long do we hang him for? You don't need to hang a ch- hang this one, really. Um, I always think meat's better hung in a real true world. I think t- 24 hours is probably okay. Yeah. Obviously, they cool down. You've got to pluck him and pull the innards and everything, but uh, 24 hours is good. But there is nothing wrong with actually leaving it five, seven days quite happily with a chicken. With, with beef, with slightly change of attack, I wouldn't even touch it before it's three weeks old. Yeah, we agree. Yeah. <laughs> now then, Kellogg's we think is about ten months old. So is he going to be a tough bird? No, he's he's probably just got to that nice. Well, probably just at that point that he's he's nice to still have, and he won't be tough. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> okay, Bruce, I'll move away and. Uh, I just want to sharpen my knife. Okay. Please. Yeah. Sure. No.
Have you ever done this, Mrs. Dowell? Have you yeah, ever? No, I'm too chicken to him. Too I look, chicken? Because <laughs> I look after them, it's slightly different. Yeah. Because space is a bit more detached, and I love my birds. Yeah. No, 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 I'm far from detached. I will actually feel quite sorry for this young chap tonight, but yeah. at the end of the day, somebody's got to do it. And uh, Well, we're grateful to you, Bruce, right. for doing it, because we didn't want to do it in any way in you mainly. No. Let's go for it. So, as you say, let's, uh, you put the uh, ringer up. His head then goes into the ringer. Try and keep it as close as we can to the neck. He's, he's still quite happy and alive now. And then it is a quick crunch down. That's it, he's gone now. Oh. You'll get a, a little bit of kicking. That's just a natural Reflect. reaction. Yeah. As we said just a second ago, his organs will still be working, but initially the brain action should have ceased now. I just want to touch, I can touch his eye. There's no reaction in that, but I just like to give it a couple of seconds just to yeah, fair enough. make sure he's there. Because it's a huge difference, so because he has no foresight, he is completely unflustered at the sight of Bruce or the ringer or anything else, whereas we know what's coming. He can't work it out at all. I mean, I'm not particularly attached to Kellogg, but I know that the kicking and what have you is just nervous leftovers, if you like. So that's him done now. God, he's yeah. quite emotional, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's, he's an animal. Yeah. As I say, he's been through the ringer now. All I'm going to do now is just slit his throat. There will be some blood now, but okay. probably the better cut is there. And that's really just a case now of letting him bleed out. As you can see, there is a fair bit of blood, but there's probably not much more than a couple of fluid ounces, realistically, in the, in the animal. I'm sorry to be sick, but yep. why why do you need to let the blood out of the bird when you have juices in your beef that's, that are blood? Well, no, no, beef and pork is all bled. Basically, it, it taints the um, muscle. Right. And that, that's why we try and keep most animals as de-stressed as you possibly can. Tenses the meat up, can make beef tough especially. But basically, you, you've got to get the liquid out of the, the flesh. It is also, in the case of a slaughterhouse, where they use electric stunners, that it is actually the bleeding action which finally kills the animal. It's unconscious completely yeah. when its throat is cut, but by bleeding it out it is then dead because that completely nullifies any possibility of brain action at all. Okay. Couldn't have said that better myself. And, um, gosh, are you a butcher then, Bruce, to be able to know all this stuff? Yeah, I I was a butcher when I left school. Yeah. Sadly, the uh, joys of uh, modern supermarkets have uh, taken away those traditional skills. So, uh, yeah, my my first day was uh, down to the abattoir, and then you go and have a look, and if you can stand the day there you'll uh, actually carry on doing the job. So I did butchery probably for about 15 odd years and then we uh, decided to go into management because it was too cold. 
And now <laughs> you have to deal with humans? <laughs> yeah, which, which are far more difficult because uh, we're not allowed to ch- put them on a chopping block. Well, I'd just like to say thank you very much for That's doing right. that. And uh, it, it is quite difficult, isn't it? Do you find it difficult? No, I must say I find <clears> it... I, my I'm, heart is beating like I'm, a million I know, times. I know what Bruce means much more so with the cattle. I have no particular emotional attachment to Kellogg's, although I would not normally reckon to kill something that I'd named. No, um, that's quite true. Yeah. I, but you'll be doing a disservice if you don't eat him now. Absolutely right. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to eat him. He's going to be the most lovely roast chicken mm. dinner ever. I have to say, when I actually felt him, when well, he has got very nice breasts on him. Brilliant. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. That's all right. So he's a pretty good stage to be eating after your 10 months. Fantastic. I think it's time for that quick cup of tea, don't you? You're going to have a long cup of tea, we're not hard. So, after a cup of tea, we're home again with Kellogg's. And we're going to... What, well, what are we going to do now, Phil? I was just thinking that normally in the wintertime, I'd hang things like pheasants in the garage because it's cool at night and so on. But I'm just thinking that... The temperature is too warm, really, now to do that. And if I hung Kellogg's there, there would be a risk that he might get fly-blown. So don't tell anyone at Wiggly's that I'm going to go and hang him in the Wiggly fridge. Oh, Lord. Go right through into the place where there's no worms and there's no flowers. Here we are. So tomorrow we'll pluck him and de-gut him. Careful. Right, Farmer Phil, day two of the Kellogg's palaver. We're now plucking Kellogg's. Probably should have done this when he was warm. It's coming off all right, isn't it? This is all right. Feathers everywhere, best done outside. Bit um, labour intensive doing it by hand, you would normally do it by machine or with wax. Only if you've got a machine. Oh, you do it with wax, like um, women have their so. legs waxed. Yeah, but I've never seen it done, but I believe that's how it's done, yeah. What, you've never seen a woman having a leg No, <laughs> I've never seen a chicken oh. plucked with wax, but I believe that is a method of doing it. I see. I'm just doing over his breast, which looks nice and plump. The thing with plucking feathers is if the skin will stand it, and his will, you do small amounts with a sharp movement against the grain of them. Just the same as waxing. (laughs) I know. And then once we've got most of them out, the reason that it's better probably to do them when he's warm is that they'll come out a little bit easier. But because his skin is quite strong, it's not tearing, which is what usually happens if you're too rough. Do they use chicken? feathers for handy things like beds and... I suppose they used to be used in pillows. Yeah, somebody told me they send them to China now. Commercial chicken factory. Spent quite a lot of time round here trying to compost them. 
with all the other... Let's have a look at his feet, where the blighter spagged you. He's well equipped. So the back... So these are his spurs here, so above his feet, about an inch up back up his heels then, are his spurs. Very which successful. Is quite a sharp, I don't know what, half, three quarters of an inch long spike. Yeah. Sticking straight out of the back of his leg. They use those for all sorts of things, among them fighting. And I suspect it is those that you felt the uh, thin end of. Just seem rather shame to pull all these rather handsome white feathers off. But I'm afraid that that is how it is, Kellogg's. So, Farmer Phil, we've now managed to get the crop out. Well, once we'd explained to you that drawing the chicken didn't mean putting it on a piece of paper and putting the pencil mark round the outside... Yes, well, I looked it up on the internet, how to draw a chicken, and it showed me how to make a beautiful drawing of a chicken. Anyway, I got the crop out and the windpipe. You did, yeah. I drew the chicken, yeah. which was easy. You which get was all to the... get all the digestive tract out of him. And you're on tendons? Yep. The tendons connect his feet to his muscles in the leg. And if you don't draw the tendons out of the muscles, then when you come to eat the leg, they're all full of these extremely stringy and totally inedible tendons. I can feel those in myself at a tennis match. Yeah, exactly. W- would you like to ask me how the first Preston on Y ladies Division <sighs> 8 West tennis match went. How did the tennis match go? Well, bearing in mind that myself and my partner, Sandra, had not picked up a racket since last July. Well prepared then for the season. Yes, which was the actual last tournament that we played. We got there and I was unable to complete the knock-up successfully. I was unable to hit the ball back directly to the person on the other side of the net. So things weren't looking good. Whereupon we swang into action. Swang? Swung into action and beat them. 6-0, 6-2, A good result, but I have to say that given the level of preparation, that doesn't say much for the opposition's ability. Well, they were good. They've been playing all winter, honestly. <laughs> Come on, let's get the... Right, now, what we're going to do now, so we've done the tendons... So we're going to cut his legs off. Feet? Well, yeah, feet. The best way of doing that is to do it through the joint, if you can. Sharpen the knife. I am a bit of a novice at this. Well, Raymond got a thing and went clonk. Yeah, well, I haven't got a clonk, which is sad. I think you need a clonk. My mum had one. What I've done is cut through into the joint and just break the joint open and then just cut the skin round through the middle of the joint. I'm going to ask Monty what he thinks of eating Kellogg because he was at school when we had to make the decision. It's a bit weird because the last time I saw him he was walking around but he was attacking everyone. And then I came back from school and he was in the fridge. So is it going to put you off eating your Sunday dinner? No. Why? Because I love chicken. 
Right. <laughs> would appear that Monty's hungry then. <laughs> so now I'm going to do a bit of a cheat because I found plucking the ends of his wings particularly difficult. And so rather than worry too much about it, I'm going to cut the ends of his wings off. And again, I break open the last joint and just cut it through neatly. So that's fixed. That These little feathers are a complete pain, aren't they? Meanwhile, I have made the stuffing. I had to use dried sage, but it is homegrown because my sage has been eaten by <laughs> the chickens. <laughs> and I have onion in there and I also have you'll like this podger I have my homemade bread in the breadcrumbs so we're ready to stuff the chicken in a moment the oven is right on it's 20 to 12 okay so now right, we're gonna... so now he looks nearly ready I'm not sure what to do with those a bit I don't think I need to too much about those so now we've got to weigh him find out what his dress weight is and then we will hand him over to you for a good stuffing. Um, oh, I can't see for looking five, five pounds. pounds. So Rob wasn't a million miles out when he said it would be four pounds. There we are, he's ready to go in the oven. So, hour and a half or so later, here we are, the moment of truth. So, um, just nick us off a tiny bit. Try that in there. You try some. Mm. Quite tough, isn't it? I don't think so. It's firm, very tasty. Mm. I think slice it really thinly. I wouldn't call that tough, nor would I call it dry. But it is interesting because it is a completely different texture to intensively reared chicken or it is to me anyway I've let it relax so I think he's totally relaxed here right to lunch to lunch we'll get some taters and gravy round him there we are I wonder what you think if you'd like to email us and let us know what you think could you do that what are you going to do if you've got chickens and you know have you thought about plan b you know, lots of people have got chickens these days, but what are you going to do when the time comes? How does it work? I don't know. Perhaps you disagree with what we did. Email us, heather at wigglywigglers.co.uk. PWG at lowerblakemere.co.uk. In the meantime, next week we have a show of delights and delectable, delicious... <laughs> oh, my God! Next what you're week... trying to say is with the riveting and scintillating <laughs> interviewing possibilities oh, with the one and only... Oh, Ricardo! That's got to be worth a beer, isn't it? I think so. I'm sure he'll get you a beer for that. Bye from me. And bye from me.